Good evening. I'm Angela Cocott, your host for On Point. Well, recently, the federal government announced it will be investing $100 million into an action plan for LGBTQ, two-spirit and intersect communities right across the country. What does this mean for that community? I want to bring in Sean Prue, journalist, broadcaster, publisher of thegayguidenetwork.com. Sean, thanks so much for your time this evening. A pleasure. It's, uh, it's nice to be with you. Well, when you heard the announcements, $100 million, sounds pretty impressive. What was your reaction? I was happy. You know, something like this from the government has been overdue for a long time. We've waited a very long time um, for this. There's a lot to be done. Uh, I think we're living in dangerous times right now, so I think it's right on time, this money. Um, you know, in terms of discrimination and anti-diversity, um, we're seeing uh, it's a very scary time for our community. You watch what's going on in the U.S., for example, banning queer books, queer students discriminated against, bullying on the rise. And we've seen the upwards trickle of such kind of, I'll call it right-wing behavior to Canada. And I worry about what we've achieved and what we still have to achieve. And so putting funding towards moving forward with issues like discrimination, diversity, uh, inclusion is a move against that and sort of the tide and, and shows how very different Canada can be. Do you have an idea of where the money will go, some of the programs that will benefit from it? Well, I know $5 million is going towards the launch of a public awareness campaign, and it's, it's sad to have to do, but um, there's education that needs to be done for the wider public. Um, the government can't legislate kindness, as uh, someone said at the, uh, the launch of the announcement. I think about $8 million has been earmarked for data collection, um, there's organizations like the CBRC, the Community-Based Research Center. I can see them getting um, a bit of the money. They've been doing some leading-edge studies of the community. Um, and I know they're putting another $10 million into projects abroad, sort of meaning people from um, countries who are looking to move to Canada um, because of discrimination and danger abroad. Um, I think there's money going out towards that, which is very necessary. I can see an organization like Rainbow Railroad who helped bring people to Canada getting some of that money too. Sean, can you go into more detail about data collection? As you mentioned, some of the money will be going to um, groups looking into that. What is that and how important is that for the community? It's really important because it's not been done before. There's never been research about our community, where we stand uh, on things. And, and so the CBRC the, again, the Community-Based Research Centre, they just did a survey, a very wide-ranging one, um, about health in the community before and after COVID. And it was uh, a deep dive into uh, your health, your sexual health, your mental health. Um, and and uh, what comes out of these studies is really groundbreaking information about the community. We know, for example, um, that mental health is a higher issue for queer people uh, than it is for the general public from studies like this. And so they're really, really important what they do uh, because it creates opportunity to create change, create policy change, uh, and strengthen the community as a whole. The Prime Minister said this is the first federal initiative of its kind, and we have heard politicians in the past say that they support and want to be allies of the gay community, the LGBTQ, two-spirit, intersex community. But this is actually putting money where the federal Mm -hmm. government's mouth is. What does that say to the community? 
I think it's a it's a, a move that shows that the country cares and that we're modern and progressive, not so um, progressive as other countries like the UK and Ireland and the Netherlands, who will have government action plans in place and have for years. Um, but we're joining them in that uh, round. And I think it says a lot of uh, good things about Canada in that regard. I want to talk about possible legislation in the future. And there has been um, concern or talk about how do we go forward when it comes to children who want to go through any kind of change or uh, they don't feel they're in the right body. And there are many people who say, wait, do we, we should put some restrictions on how old a child should be when it comes to that type of surgery. What are your thoughts on that? And can you give me just a little bit of background on that issue? That is a uh, slippery slope mm-hmm. and a really tricky um, area to wade into because it's, um, you know, we're seeing more and more children come forward and say they're not feeling like they're in the right bodies as, as young as the 12, I know. Uh, and so what does a parent do when that's the issue they're confronted with. Um, uh, the argument on the other side is how does a 12-year-old know? How do they know they're not just going through a phase? How do they know it's not just puberty starting? How do they know that this is about being in the wrong body? And then what do you do? And I think um, for um, the individual parent, it's got to be their choice with their child about what to do because, um, you know, you can't be taking major steps Um, when it's not really uh, a real issue of being transgendered. Yet at the same time, if you're in your body and someone's in the the wrong body, you want to help them right away. So uh, I think that um, a lot of the people who say they should um, have a certain age restriction, I understand that and everything, but I feel like it's got to be up to the parent. It's something we almost have to butt out of. We're not in their shoes. And so, you know, looking after other people's kids, let the parents look after their, their kids and do therapy and, and be with their child and support their child however they can and whatever that looks like. Yeah, and that's even when you talk about the mental health uh, counseling, the need for that. So it's not always just the child or the young adult who's going through this. Through this. It's a whole family affair. So uh, that would be important, too, just to have more resources in the mental health area. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think one of the interesting things, you've mentioned the acronym a couple of times, um, one of the things the strategy proposes to adopt and encourage is the use of a new acronym, um, because they keep changing on us all the time. But this one is more inclusive and places the experience of Indigenous um, communities at the foreground. So it's now 2S LGBTQI, which is what the government wants people to start using going forward. And I think that's an interesting and very modern move uh, and appropriate as well. Um, I remember when it was GLBT and that's all there was to it. And then it became LGBT and then there's a Q and an I and other um, letters added on. Now the two S has been moved to the front and I think maybe we're going to stick with that uh, for some time now. And, And that's a welcome move as well. You could hear how slowly I even use the acronym, the one that I've been trying to get used to. But, but talk about the importance of putting the 2S, the 2Spirit, and then the LGBTQI in that order. Because, yeah, someone might just say, it's letters, what's the big deal? But why it means so much to Indigenous people? Well, you're honoring the truth of their story, which is they were the first peoples in North America 
And so two-spirited people should come first because they were here first and they were at the tail end of the acronym for a long time. And that's just more insult on injury um, to have that way. I think moving them forward is, is the right thing to do. And, and we've, you talked about walking his talk with Trudeau. I think this is a bit of walking the talk too in terms of doing anything that we can do to help um, heal and apologize and reconcile with Indigenous peoples. On a personal note, how great was it to have Pride celebrations this summer away from the COVID restrictions? What did that mean Uh, to your community? How far down did I let my hair that weekend? (laughs) (laughs) It felt so... Listen to me perk up now (laughs) when you bring this up. It felt so great. And um, to be out in the crowds uh, with wall-to-wall people, everybody, there was just this feeling of joy and old school pride and without any of the drama because before COVID we had the final pride before that had the um, Bruce MacArthur element to it. And then two years before that in a row, we had the Black Lives Matters police issue cloud over the, over the festival. And so this was also the first time um, after all of that and after COVID that we just had a, a pure, honest to goodness school pride and people loved that they ate it up. I did for sure. Well, I'm glad you had some time for us this evening, Sean. Thanks so much for this. Pleasure. Sean Prue, journalist, broadcaster, and publisher of thegayguidenetwork.com.